You're listening to The Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is by Pastor Dean Bernke. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The base of our sermon today is from the book of Matthew, the first chapter, the first verse. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Jesus. I think we could all safely say that there's been more attention, more devotion, more adoration, and yes, more opposition given to him than any other person that's lived on this planet, ever. You think about it. Every recorded word that Jesus said has been sifted through, it's been analyzed, it's been scrutinized, it's been debated, every word. More than the words of kings and queens and philosophers and scientists and so forth. After 2,000 years, There's never a minute on earth that millions aren't studying what Jesus said. And when you think about it, here's this man, lived in a tiny land over 2,000 years ago, and yet his birth divides centuries, doesn't it? We talk in terms of B.C., and we talk in terms of A.D., before Christ, and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. So who is this person? Who is this Jesus that we come and worship, that we read about in our Bibles? And we're going to look to Matthew to guide us. A record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Question time. Who is Abraham's famous son? The answer would be Isaac, the son of sacrifice. But that would also be Jesus, the son of sacrifice. I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, know Isaac's story. It's one of the most dramatic stories in the scriptures. That Abraham and Sarah have been trying to have a child all their adult lives. But then at the ripe old age of 100 for Abraham and 90 for Sarah, the son is born. We can call him the miracle son. He's named Isaac. Isaac. The Hebrew says Isaac means laughter. Isaac brought Abraham and Sarah great joy. And as we think of the story of Isaac, he grows up, of course. And then God speaks these haunting words to Abraham. He says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering at one of the mountains I will tell you about. Imagine being Abraham. I think we all know something what Abraham felt. We've had our heart leap into our throat. All of a sudden we're filled with panic, we bury our heads in tears and anguish. 
We know what it's like when this beautiful cloudless day suddenly changes into dark clouds and storms and lightnings and tempests. A child is born with spinal bifida. A spouse just died. A career isn't in gear. A father has dementia. He doesn't know anyone anymore. A childhood was ripped apart by an alcoholic parent. A constant state of depression refuses to lessen its grip. A marriage still hurt, or miscarriage still hurts after all these years. At such points in life, it's easy, isn't it, to get lost in despair? We lose ourselves in our jobs, or in internet, or TV, or alcohol, or drugs. We express our pain through anger, hatred, and revenge. Jesus comes, Jesus helps, Jesus provides. And why is that? Because Jesus is the son of Abraham. He's a son of sacrifice. Let's look a bit closer. Genesis 22 says, After these things, God tested Abraham. The key words in that phrase is, after these things. What things? Well, the Bible tells us Abraham had seen the Lord faithfully guide him from Ur of the Chaldeans to Haran and then to Canaan. Abraham had heard God's promise when he said, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in heaven. Abraham had witnessed the miracle, miraculous birth of Isaac. What does it all mean? It means that God was preparing Abraham for his test. And God has prepared each of us for life's tests. Baptism, the gospel, the Lord's Supper, they deliver to us the Holy Spirit and with it comes forgiveness, joy, and power. The means of grace that God gives us pours out in us courage and confidence, insight, wisdom. The tests that we go through in life aren't random. They're not accidents. Every test that we have is father-filtered. And whatever it is, God has prepared us for that test. God tested Abraham. We're told that when a storm hits an eagle, it initially appears as though that storm's fury is going to crush that eagle against the rocky cliff. The eagle faces the storm, tilts its wings at the proper angle, and slowly that fury that might have crushed him begins to drive him up above the storm. And what's true for eagles can be true for us. The power that looks to destroy us is the same power by which God uses to rise us to new heights. God sends tests. He sends tests to bring us to greater heights of conviction. 
to bring us to greater courage and greater Christian character. There really is a purpose for those tests we face in life. That's what Peter says. He says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be tested genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The story of a young man who was taking a philosophy course in college. And this young man, he studied and he studied and he studied more. The time came for the final exam. And the philosophy professor really wanted to see how much philosophy these people, young people do. He wanted to see if they could really think for themselves. The final exam was one word. Why? The young man thought for a while. And then he wrote down one word. And he walked out of the classroom. He wrote down... Because. Why? Do you ever ask that question when you're going through a test? Have you ever asked yourself, why? Why me? What have I done to deserve this? Why me now? Why this? God says, because. But he adds the words, because I love you right where you are, but I love you too much to leave you where you are. Our tests refine us, they mature us, they season us, and yes, they humble us. God tests us to strengthen us. Satan tests us to destroy us. Satan attacks us, he attacks you and me at the weakest points of our life, and his purpose is to bring us down, to bring us to defeat. Do you remember in high school, perhaps if you were in college, you'd have that one professor. That one professor would walk in the first day of class, and some of the first words out of his or her mouth were, Half this class is going to fail the course. That really made your day, didn't it? And the way you said it, it often seemed as if he was going to take great joy in your failure, or she was. But that's not true of Abraham and Isaac. God's tests that we experience in life aren't intended to destroy us. They're intended to develop us. goes on, Genesis. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed the burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. This is our God, isn't it? Go through the Old Testament. He sees the need of Noah. What does he do? Provides an ark. He sees Israel in Egyptian bondage. 
and he provides a way through the Red Sea. He sees David outmuscled by Goliath and provides a rock to hit that uncircumcised Philistine right between the eyes. He sees Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace provides a fourth man. What that tells us is that with every test we face in life, God provides a way out. Paul says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tested beyond what you can bear. But when you are tested, it will also provide a way out so that you can stand under it. The God of Abraham and Isaac is also the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, we have the ultimate provision. Paul writes in Romans, He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? God spared Isaac. He ultimately didn't spare Jesus. Jesus willingly took the wood and marched up that mount. And this mount was not Moriah. It was Calvary. There'd be no substitute ram this time. He was arrested abruptly, tried unjustly, silenced callously, mocked, beaten, crucified. But then he rose, didn't he, triumphantly. God reversed the curse. Christ is alive, never to die again. Death has no dominion over him. And Jesus lives to provide us with all we need when we are faced with life's tests. It says in Philippians, and my God will provide for all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. In Genesis 22, we note the joy of Abraham. And he doesn't call the mountain, Mount Sacrifice, or he doesn't call it Mount Blood, Sweat, and Tears. He calls the mountain, the Lord provides. You see, where God guides us, God always provides. How do we know? We know Jesus, the son of Abraham, the son of sacrifice. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was filled with joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word. If you have questions or would like more information about Hope Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.hopeaurora.org. Send an email to office at hopeaurora.org or call us at 303-364-7416. This has been The Word of Hope.